Welcome to God Yay or Nay. I'm your host, Noor Kidwai. I'm here to find out how we grow, transform, and become our best selves. How we create meaning in our lives. Come join me on my journey. Welcome to another episode of God Yay or Nay. This is your host, Noor Kidwai. Thanks for tuning in. My guest this week is Nancy Picard. Nancy is an international best-selling author of Bigger, Better, Braver. She talks a lot about self-help, uh, shadow work, and a lot of cool subjects. I hope you guys enjoy. Check me out on Instagram at NoorKidY. Like and subscribe to the podcast. Give it a good rating. That always helps. And we're part of the Calm to Hear Often podcast network on 604 Records. So check them out too. Let's get into this week's episode, everybody. My guest this week, Nancy Picard. All right, welcome to another episode of God Yay or Nay. I'm here with Nancy Picard. Nancy, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Ah, I'm excited. Uh, you you uh, wrote, you're author of the book, uh, the international bestseller book, Bitter, uh, Bigger, Better, Braver. Um, so I'm really excited to have you on my podcast because you pretty much cover like all the stuff that I like to talk about, <laughs> um, you know, kind of like a self-transformation, turning yourself into the kind of person um, you want to be. Uh, maybe could you give my audience a little background of like kind of where you came from and like how you came to writing this book? Sure. Um, well, let's see. So I was married 26 years and happily married, but that fell apart and I fell apart and I didn't really have the tools to um, just reinvent myself the way I do now or the way I try to help other people do. So it was a long journey back to self and to self-love and self-trust and self-confidence. I realized I don't think I knew it then that I know now that I was very other referenced, which meant I saw myself through the eyes of how my ex-husband saw me. Oh. And so when he no longer wanted me, I no longer wanted me. Mm-hmm. And it was really a long journey back. And I also, and I think this is really common for women, I, I thought that I was so strong and so capable because I was half of a whole. The reality is I am so strong and so capable because I am whole mm. all by myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm not whole just because I'm half of a, with a partner that makes me whole. And that was a big revelation for me. And it took a lot of work for me to get to that place. And that's really where I want all my clients to get to. I want all my clients to stop being other referenced and people pleasers and overdoers and overcompensators and to actually know that they're worthy just because they breathe and that they're whole all by themselves and they're very capable of being whoever they wanna be. So um, when I was turning 60, which I know is a zillion years from where you're sitting, I thought, oh, my God, what an ugly number. And I wanted to do something big. And I wanted to prove to myself that I still had it. And I was my, you know, my past life, I was a personal trainer. I owned a personal training gym. So athletics has defined me for a really long time. So when I was turning 60, I decided to go climb Mount Kilimanjaro. 
And that was a big feat for me. I was, you know, out sleeping outside in the tent for seven nights and oh, wow. uh, flying alone to, Cal- to Africa and all of that. So a lot of training and it was a huge spiritual awakening for me. And I wanted to write a book. First, I thought I was going to write a book about how to like climb Kilimanjaro as an older woman and to to rock it like I did. But then I realized that's a very limited amount of people that are going to read that book, you know, and then I switched over to like, what's your Kilimanjaro? And so that is the concept of the book is um, how do you become bigger, better, braver? What do you need and want in your life that you're not doing? You know, how do you step out of your comfort zone? How do you move forward, even though you have fear? And um, I'm a master coach and I love what I do, but not everybody can afford a coach. So Mm. this book is a self-help book. It's 10 chapters. It's step-by-step how to do something like this without a coach. Mm. And um, so I definitely highly recommend it as your first step, you know, Read the book, try to do it on your own. If you can't do it on your own, get an accountability partner to do it with, or you know, hire me or hire another coach. So that's what started the whole thing. No, that's really cool. And uh yeah, I bet uh climbing Mount Kilimanjaro would have been just such a like great way to just kind of prove to yourself, like, all right, I I got it. I then like, you know, how much like did it help just like take away your fear of just sort of pursuing other stuff? Everything. There's, I mean, my mantra is bigger, better, braver every single day. So if there's something I'm afraid to do, I do it. Like I know mm-hmm. that, especially, I mean, I'm not saying like I'm going to jump out of an airplane. I'm an endorphin junkie. I'm not an adrenaline junkie. You know, I don't <laughs> need fear. Um, I just need exercise. And, um, So anything that comes my way that makes the imposter syndrome like say, oh, no, that's not you, right? You're not big enough for that. I have to do it. I know I have to do it because I know that's how I will be that person. You know, so like I was asked to write a course for Gen Connect You. So I have a course, an online course. It's all videos um, that they that they put together called career strategies for living for achieving your greatest potential and I was when they first asked me to do it my first I said yes and then I said oh wait a minute like I think they think I'm you know I'm better than I am and that's just the imposter syndrome so I knew well anything I'm afraid of about this the moment I build that course and it's up I am now that person who has that course. Mm-hmm. So obviously anything you're afraid to do, you just got to step in and do it. And if you fail, you still fail forward. You know, mm-hmm. you're still learning and there it's a, it's a stepping stone to success. You just keep, get up, brush yourself off, look at it. What did I do? Right. What did I do that I could do better? How do I change it? So you can move forward and be successful. I, I really like that whole idea of like the imposter syndrome. You like recognize it and then you use that almost as a way to like point your direction yeah. out. Like that's uh that's amazing. Like it is actually it is something that I like definitely try to watch in myself is like what are those like negative ta- thoughts I tell myself? And mm-hmm. like it is something, but I never thought about it. It's something like, hey, you said you can't do that, go out there and do it. 
Yeah, it's definitely a sign. It's your inner child trying to keep you safe. But as an adult, it keeps you small. It doesn't keep you safe. You don't need you don't need to be safe from mm. those kinds of things. You need to grow and try new things and have a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset where you mm-hmm. only do the things you already know you can do well. Mm-hmm. And I think, it's, yeah, that growth mindset helps with just keeping your life fresh and stuff, right? Always. I, I mean, I'm, I'm taking two courses right now for new certifications. I'm forever in the quest for, for more knowledge, more tools, more ways to help my clients. Mm-hmm. So when, uh, like as a master coach, um, and when people come and like come to you, or do a lot of them come in a state where they're kind of feeling stuck in life, where they don't even have direction, where they don't even have vision? Yeah, most people that come to me don't know why they're unhappy. Mm. Or they don't know, or they're, or, or sometimes they come to me because they think they're unhappy in the relationship. And by the end of working with me, it wasn't the relationship at all. It was their own stuckness that they needed to work on. And when you work on yourself, you know, it's like a dance. And when you change your dance, the dance changes. So generally, most of the time, even if people are coming to me for relationship help, it's not really about the relationship. It's really about themselves. Or if I do work with both parts of a relationship, I'm working on them each separately. And then they come together as, mm. as a healthier unit and they work on setting healthy boundaries and better communication and, you know, all of those great kinds of concepts. But in general, I mean, it depends. Like I'm a healing your heart coach. So like if you've gotten a divorce or you're broken up or you're estranged from a family member or a close friend or a child, you know why you're coming to me. Mm. That's easier. But let's just say, you know, you're coming to me because you recognize you're a self-sabotager or you've wanted to lose 50 pounds or you want to be in a relationship and over and over and over again, your life keeps looking like the same thing not the thing you say you want. Mm. That's what I help people. You know, it's like, and also you become an accountability partner for these people. That's a big part of it is that there's somebody there that you have to come back next week and say, you know, oh boy, I didn't do what I said I was gonna, you know, or, or you did. And so it's good to just have somebody that's holding you accountable. Yeah, a hundred percent. Honestly, I, I've done some work with a life coach before and that was exactly the thing that really helped me. It was like, okay, I have somebody out here who's like pretty much saying like, Hey, these are the goals you made and you better go and hit them. And then you're like, ah, shit, yeah. I better go hit my goals. Uh, yeah. When you were on your like whole transformation, did you like have any kind of accountability partner or somebody to hold you accountable? Yeah. Did- well, I, when I first started this journey, I actually worked with a coach for about a year. And then by the end of the year, I started my first coaching year long certification. And so then I no longer needed a coach because when you're getting certified as a coach, they take you through the work. So first in a group, you're being coached Mm -hmm. and then you're actually another classmate is then coaching you through the whole thing again, and you're coaching somebody else through it. And then you're taking practice clients. So 
you're always in the conversation uh, for 10 years. And then I became a mentor where I coach coaches to become coaches. And that's like getting a master's degree because it just keeps you upping your level of understanding because how can you help other coaches in, unless you're like up there yourself and you know this so well and you live in integrity and you your word is golden and you are living that life. That's, that's what you get to. And that keeps you always in the work and always in the conversation and always checking yourself. And whenever I have something come up that I need support, I get one of the coaches that I've been working with for 10 years and I'll just say, hey, I need a session and vice versa. Okay. And yeah, that's actually pretty nice to have that. <laughs> um, I wonder, like, uh, one thing I like when I was reading uh, about you and on your website, uh, you've mentioned like shadow beliefs and like uh, your unconscious and stuff uh, I was kind of wondering if you could like dive into that a little bit because this is something I've, I've always been interested in so I'm a shadow coach and so a shadow belief are the beliefs that happen in the first 10 years of your life and they're formed because something happens or it's a general pattern in your in your family life or there's a specific event that happens and you're not mature enough to understand it and subconsciously you immediately give it a meaning i'm broken i'm stupid i'm not good enough i'm unworthy my voice doesn't matter my needs will never be met um i'm not good with money or or spiritual people don't care about money i've heard that one too there's just there's a million of them but all of them are actually formed as a child to keep you safe so you stand up in class and you read something wrong or you stutter and everybody laughs at you and you instantly make a decision that you're stupid and you need to stay quiet to stay safe. Mm. Now that's a belief. You're not even aware of it, but it rules your operating system and it does keep you safe. You don't raise your hand. You don't offer to read. You get through class. Nobody laughs at you. Mm -hmm. Fast forward, you're 30 years old and you're in meetings and you still don't give your opinion and you still don't offer suggestions and you get passed by, you know, one job after another because people just don't even think you have good opinions. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I had a belief that I wasn't safe alone because when I was five years old, I had put myself on fire playing with a lighter. So the belief I wasn't safe alone makes perfect sense. I wasn't safe alone. I put myself <laughs> on fire. So that was my shadow belief. I'm not safe alone. My underlying commitment, which is the promise that you make to yourself, also in your subconscious, that keeps that belief alive, was that I will never be alone. So I became like a people pleaser and the best girlfriend and the best you know, partner. And my whole life, I was surrounded by people. I was never alone. It helped me. It kept me safe. And it kept me having like a really great, fulfilled life. But fast forward, I'm now 48 years old and I get divorced and my inner child still doesn't think she's safe alone. So I'm broken, you know, and I, I'm trying to fix the picture. I'm dating lots of men and I'm trying to get married again. And like, I, I don't feel safe alone mm -hmm. until I uncovered that belief. And then I realized, wait a minute, now it's out of the conscious. I can see where it was formed. I understand why I made that belief, but it's not true anymore. As an adult, I am totally safe alone. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I'm financially secure. I have a great life. I have a lot of friends. I've got grown children. I have four grandchildren. I don't need a partner. I have a partner. I like having a partner, but the, the neediness is gone. Mm-hmm. The thought that I have to have it to survive is gone. Mm-hmm. So when clients come to me, the first thing we work on are these beliefs because, you know, for example, you could say to me, I say I want X, but what I'm experiencing is Z. I say I want to be in a relationship, but what I'm experiencing is finding what's wrong with every partner so that I leave them before they leave me. Mm-hmm. Right. Or I say I want to lose 40 pounds, but what I'm experiencing is dessert every night <laughs> or two glasses of wine every day yeah, or yeah. making excuses for not exercising. So when you start to look at your life and unravel, this is what I say I want, but it's not really what I'm more committed to. Because if it was, I'd be getting it. You always get the thing you're most committed to. So what I help people do is uncover what it is they're really more committed to. Mine was not being alone. Or um, I grew up with the belief that love and life means struggling with weight. Because I had a mother who's been on a diet since the day I was born, right? Mm. And so I grew up in a household where it was always, everyone was always on a diet and it's always about body and food and this and that. So I grew up with that belief that, well, I'm always going to struggle with weight. And so even though like I might struggle from size four to size four and a half, really in my mind, I'm always beating myself up for not being two pounds thinner. I mean, like, honestly, I was just in the Dominican Republic and I was I I walked by one, I was with one of my sons and I saw that he was zooming with my other son and I look into the camera and my other son says, you're looking really buff. Did you lose weight, mom? And I said, no, actually, I really, I'm like up two or three pounds. And my other son says, yep. So same two pounds her whole life. She wants to lose those same two pounds. (laughs) And I was laughing like, yeah. And it's because it's part of my system of, of a belief inside me that I grew up with. So we all have them. You can't get through life without them. And they rule your operating system and you have to uncover them. So um, I have women that will come to me who have a belief they'll never be chosen Mm. or their needs can never be met or they were raped at three or four or five years old and they're obese or they're anorexic because they have a shadow belief that they need to be invisible to be safe. Mm. And so all of these things, they have to be uncovered so that you can move forward because otherwise they are your strongest commitment and you will not be able to succeed and do the things you think you wanna do when those are still hidden in your subconscious yeah that's uh yeah thanks for explaining that that's really well said um i never even thought about that whole idea of unconscious commitment that's uh that in itself is uh very powerful um yeah because it's like it's like everything you said just rang so true um 
do you mind like like giving us a little bit of an idea then like how we uncover these beliefs a little more like if we want to shed a little bit of light on that in yeah our own lives? i mean because i know it's probably book, work in my book, there <laughs> yeah. are exercises and how to do it in internal processes and actually working with a shadow coach is i i would say the number one way but also if you just say to yourself i say i want but what I'm experiencing is. And mm -hmm. so what you're experiencing is the, the habits and the patterns that you're doing that are bringing you the thing you're experiencing, that's your first commitment. So you might be more committed to self -grat for instant gratification. You may be more committed to keeping your heart safe. You may be more committed to staying quiet or being invisible or not, um, not making waves or not having conflict. These are all things that you may be more committed to than the thing you say you want. You know, I say I want to be a public speaker, but what I'm experiencing is stage fright, so I never try. Mm -hmm. So obviously as a child, something happened and you made a decision that you will never speak in public. So if you have this belief that you don't even know you have about never speaking in public, and now you're 30 years old and you want to be a public speaker and you don't understand why you can't, mm -hmm. that's why you can't. So just start to look at the patterns and the habits and the feelings that you're experiencing and trace those, try to trace those back to an event see what you made that event mean about you and then see how it helped you as a child. But then also what is it costing you as an adult? Mm -hmm. Because as an adult, it's always going to cost you. 100%. It stops helping you. Yeah. And so if you do recognize this, like even maybe with yourself, you, uh, when you recognize uh, the, you don't want to be alone um, because this is keeping me safe. Right. Um, when you do recognize that, um, is it just, is that all it is? Is trying to recognize it and not allow it to, because if it's, if it's an unconscious commitment, I'm, I'm assuming that like kind of gets into your behaviors, like almost like sneakily. Um, how do you, uh, like when you do recognize it, how do you kind of make it so it's not like part of your operating system or not controlling so your operating system? When you recognize it, now it's not hidden. It's mm -hmm. in your conscious awareness. Mm -hmm. Now you get to look at it and say, wow, I see why that was formed. I see how it helped me as a child, but I also can see how it hurt me here and here and how it's still hurting me mm -hmm. and that there's really no truth in it anymore. I actually am safe alone or I actually am worthy or mm -hmm. I actually, my needs do matter. Mm -hmm. And so once you uncover it, you rewrite it, you give yourself a new empowering belief, and then you do affirmations, you put sticky notes, you do work around it. Mm -hmm. Like, so when I uncovered the belief that I wasn't safe alone, mm -hmm. I made a new empowering belief that I am safe alone. I'm perfectly safe alone. Then I take action steps. I took a trip alone to Thailand. I took a trip to Vietnam. I went and climbed Kilimanjaro. I did okay. all of those things after I uncovered it to really reinforce the message that I, that I no longer owned that shadow belief, right? Mm. 
the one about my body. I had to do work around, what are you kidding me? You're like a size four, you know, <laughs> you're, you're an athlete. You work out seven days a week. You're never going to be a skinny girl. You're going to always be an athletic girl and that's okay. And so you change your mindset and you don't allow yourself to still believe the bullshit that you've been telling yourself in your inner mind all along. Mm-hmm. You bring it out and you give yourself new actionable steps. I recommend people take very small steps one at a time to reinforce a new empowering belief and to show yourself that you can do these new things mm-hmm. and start small so you can be successful and step by step by step, you, you move towards where you really want to be. Heck yeah. Um, I, I really like that. So I can see how you could like really help working with somebody to really kind of get into like why they behave a certain way and then use that as a strategy to kind of go for the future for what they want. Yeah. That's like, it's really nice. Um, and then when you kind of get the strategy for moving forward, uh, do you have ways to kind of keep on course? Because I actually kind of found that like in my own kind of journey, like I, I can hit it like really strong for like a while and then all of a sudden I fall off for a bit and then I have to like reconfigure myself and get back on track uh how 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 does that work for yourself or like when you're working with somebody um so a lot of times people work with me for a short period of time like I I sell my packages in 10 because it really does take at least 10 sessions Mm -hmm. to make dramatic changes and to, to get all the different tools I want you to learn. Mm-hmm. And then they go off on their merry way. And a lot of times I never hear from them again, you know, 50 or 60% of the people I never hear from again, mm-hmm. because they've learned the tools, they take them with them. And maybe they might slide a little but not enough to need to come back. Mm-hmm. And then other people six months, a year, three years later, will call me again. And sign up for another series and we'll do another series because life happens, things happen. You want to uncover more. You want different changes. You start to see that, you know what, I really did do better when I had a coach. I actually didn't allow my fears to hold me back or I needed somebody to hold me accountable. And so when you do all that work, it just starts to, you start to get stronger and better at it as you go along Mm -hmm. for, um, for me personally, I'm so in the conversation all the time. I'm always working on myself. I'm always reading. I'm always learning more. I'm always getting different certifications that, that I'm, it's always happening for me. I'm always being accountable and I'm always holding myself accountable. And I, I have the beauty of knowing that I can't ask my clients to do something that I'm not already living. You know, I can't expect that you're going to stay accountable to your diet, to your mindset, to your exercise, to your work ethic, to your children, to your parents, if I can't do that. And I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I am saying that knowing that I'm holding other people accountable helps me keep myself accountable. Mm. No, I like that. Um, no, I really like that. And you have to be, yeah, if you keep yourself accountable, like, I think that's the only way you can kind of give that kind of advice as well, right? Yeah. <laughs> but you don't have to be perfect. Like, yeah. coaches coach from 
their scars. They don't coach from their wounds. So I mm. coach by example. I share my life, my failures, my successes, how I've uncovered everything that I'm asking you to do. I share how it's worked for me. But I wouldn't like get on the call with you and say, oh, I just had the worst fight with my boyfriend. And I'm like, I'm so, I just got, I'm so. (laughs) You don't do that. You, you coach from your, your scars, the things you've cleaned up and you and are whole now. And they're there. You, you've had that experience, but you have come over the other side and now I can help you and share. And you can relate because you know that I've done the work. And I've had that pain in my life and I've come out the other side. Mm-hmm. No, I love that a lot. Uh, do you have any like mentors in this field or like maybe from like books and stuff? Like uh, where did you really come well, into I like, it? Yeah, well, Debbie Ford, who's written a, a ton of books, but she's passed. So my original, I was a Ford, you know, I still am a Debbie Ford coach, a Ford Institute coach. And then Nancy Levin, who I've now taken three or four different certifications. She has a coaching certification called Levin Life Coach Academy. She also is a mentor of mine. Um, but then there are people whose books I love that like um, Michael Singer, who wrote um, The Untethered Soul. It's my very favorite book. And then Terrence Real is great on relationships. He's smart. He's funny. He gives great advice. And um, as a matter of fact, right before this call, I just downloaded a book on Audible. He's got a new book out. Uh, I don't even know the name of it. Something with the word us in it. That's all I remember. But yeah, so I'm always reading and I'm always listening to podcasts and audible, audible books. And I'm always taking courses. So right now I'm taking a course with David Kessler, to become a grief facilitator. And he wrote with um, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, he wrote Death and Dying, um, Grief and Grieving, all kinds of books on death and dying and grief and loss. And I'm getting his certification right now. So there's a ton of people in out there. Jen Sincero, um, there's just so many. Oh, there's that's so, so cool. So like, when it comes to this kind of coaching fields, like, do they have different kind of styles? Like everyone kind of has their own like way they kind of do it. Yeah. I mean, the Ford Institute and Nancy Levin's Institute, which are like where 99% of my certifications all are, they're all really based in shadow work, every Mm. single one of them. And yet they go in different ways. And then they, you know, there are different levels of spirituality some are more spiritual some are less spiritual um but they're all working on you they're all about staying in integrity all about like i have a certification called worthy and it's all about self how self-worth is connected to net worth and that like if you don't feel worthy then you don't ask for what you deserve financially you give away your services you're afraid to ask for what you want you wear blinders around your money you don't take care of your money all of these things and they're directly connected to your own sense of self-worth mm. because if you don't feel, or if you don't feel worthy you don't go for the better job you don't try to get the better job. You don't feel worthy. You bottom feed with who you date and who you go for. All of these things are all tied into your own sense of self-worth. 
Mm-hmm, 100%. Yeah. Um, I, I like that. And you also said, like, they have, like, a different level of spirituality. Um, how about yourself? Like, uh, do you kind of coach with a little bit of spirituality in there? And, like, uh, did, did was there a difference in your spirituality, like, before your transformation or afterwards? Yeah, 100%. I did not, use, I did not believe that you know, everything happens for a reason and that the universe has your back and everything happens for you and not to you. I didn't have those beliefs. I, I, I live in that now. Manifestation and um, just knowing that I am supported and I don't have to be the general manager of the world. It's actually helped me a lot with my grown children and their lives because, you know, I used to be, I used to believe that you could only, you're only as happy as your saddest child. Right. So if like one of your kids is not doing well or has trauma going on in their life, well, then how can I be happy? Mm-hmm. But I don't believe that anymore because now I really believe that everybody's on their own journey and that you have to allow people to fail and mm-hmm. fall and become resilient and learn to be responsible for their own selves. I didn't I didn't have that before. Now that gives me a lot of peace of mind and not that I don't I don't still feel horrible if something is going on in their life, but it doesn't take me down because I recognize that this has been put in their way and they need this. These are mm-hmm. the lessons that they need and the, and I'm getting the lessons that I need. So when something bad happens, I doesn't mean I'm not sad or I'm not upset, but I recognize that, wow, there are lessons here I need to be learning or this would not be been put in front of me. Mm-hmm. So it's helped me a lot. It's changed me a lot. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. And like that whole like spiritual idea of like how you're saying like that you get what you give or like manifestation, like those kind of stuff. Like I I think when you start believing that kind of stuff, it, it, they are empowering beliefs. It doesn't matter if like, I don't know, it doesn't like I know a lot of people might go like, oh, it's too woo woo or like something right. like yeah, something like that. But at the end of the day, they are extremely powerful beliefs when you really can get them into your core, right? Yeah. And the more you believe it and are open to looking for the signs and the gifts from the universe, the more you get, Mm. you know, like I had a client once, I don't, first of all, I don't take a client that is not open to the possibility of the spiritual aspect of it. If they're like, no, I don't believe it. Um, no way. Um, you know, I just, that's not me. Then I say to them that I'm not your coach because it's a big part of my coaching Mm. to believe that, you know, there is a higher force that is supporting you. And when you do believe it, you get all of these signs all over the place. And then you're like, wow, I can't believe that was definitely a download from the universe or wow, I can't believe I did this. And then that happened. And yes, that's exactly it. Like I had a client once who did not believe in any of this stuff. And then I didn't take her. And then like a year later, she called me again. She said, you know what? I've had some experiences and I think I'm more open to that now. And I am ready. I would like to work on it. We started working together. And one week her action step was that she knew she needed to drink more water and she was going to drink more water. That was her action step. I'm thinking, okay, like, like a huge action step, but okay. And she comes back the next week and she said, well, I didn't do it. 
couldn't do it. I didn't want to do it. I decided it was a stupid action step and I'm sorry I even said it. And then two days later, she was in the hospital with a kidney stone. And what did they tell her in the hospital? <laughs> drink more water. You need to drink more water. <laughs> she calls me up. She says, all right, I'm a believer. You know? <laughs> yeah. So the, the signs are there. You have to look for them. Your body is forever giving you signs. And if you don't listen to them, you get bigger and bigger signs. So you don't want the bigger ones. You want to listen and pay attention to what lessons the universe is trying to send you so that you don't have to get the big, huge, you know, fall on your face lessons. Mm -hmm. um, is there any like spiritual practices like you yourself, uh, like take a part of, or maybe even you like recommend to your clients? Well, I'm just very open to the belief that everything happens for me and not to me. And the only thing that I do do on a daily basis is that my alarm goes off at 1111, which is like an infinity number. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I stop and I manifest something that I want to be working on the same thing every day. And I not only think about it like as if I already have it, but then I feel what it feels like now that I have it. So I put the, the manifestation and the feelings together mm -hmm. at 11, 11 doesn't even take me a minute. And then I go about my day and I, and I manifest the same thing until I get it. And then I move on to, to something else. That's uh, that's very interesting. So every day, yeah, the same thing every single day. I, I think that's cool. Um, and maybe you want to go a little bit more in for my audience if they're not familiar with like manifestation, like why do you uh, have to bring up the feeling as well? And uh, what your importance of like continuing it every day at the same time? Well, the 1111 is a very spiritual number all by itself, because it just it's it's infinity, it's forever, you know? So it's like, in my mind, it's already bringing me into this universal chain. Mm. And when you manifest something, the universe doesn't really know whether you have it or you don't have it. So you manifest as if you've already got it. And like, for an example, let's say you're one of my clients and you are financially strapped. Every day, they stop and they think, oh my God, thank you universe for bringing me all this new money. And I picturing green dollars falling all over my body and the money feels amazing. And I feel so good. I'm not worried about money anymore. I'm so grateful. I feel so good. The feeling and the money, I can feel it all over me. All of that together is sending this like, vibe out into the universe and then the universe conspires to bring you what you want mm -hmm. so i stick with the same thing until or they stick with the same thing until all of a sudden they got a raise or they've got more clients or you know because they've set this up they also have changed like how they feel worthy and that they 
they now they're they're not afraid to ask for what they want because they know that the universe is also conspiring to bring them more money. So it kind of just is like, you know, it's like a snowball going down a mountain that's picking up more snow and and more speed as it goes along. And that's the beauty of it. And the reason why I stick with the same thing you know, it's like the universe is busy. There's a lot going on there. Right? <laughs> and so I don't want to be asking for something different every single day. Like, you know, I stick with it. It's just the way I, I do something. And I think that's more powerful because if you stick to the same thing all the time or like when before you get it until you get it, like it's really engraving it in your whole body and your whole being. Yeah. Yeah. I was like the one thing I liked is like how you said feel that feeling first because this is a concept I've heard so many different thinkers talk about is just the idea of it's like you have to feel it in your body you have to become it before the circumstances and the things around you come um, from it because I think right. most of the people in our society kind of wish that the outside circumstances come first and then we'll become the person we uh, want to be yeah. to like fit those circumstances. But the truth is that uh, it's like yeah, you become first. Yeah. You well, like, let's first. say you want to attract a partner into your life mm-hmm. at 11, 11, you can sit there with your eyes closed and you can think, Oh my God, I'm so happy. Like, I can't believe this woman or this man has come into my life. And he, you know, I can't believe how he shares all my, my commitments and my morals and we're on the same page with so many things. And we like, you know, we're financially on the same page and we, you know, we both want this and we both want that. And I really respect this in him. And I'm so happy and content and peaceful now that this partner is in my life. And you can go into this whole story, you know, that you're trying to manifest of all the things you want and don't leave anything out, you know, because mm-hmm. if you leave it out, you won't get it. So it's like you could go as deep as you want and you do it every day. And then all of a sudden you're going to start to notice that people are coming into your life and you can start acting on everything you want. Mm-hmm. You just have to be open to it. And I think doing the work and the manifesting gets you clearer on what it is you really do want. And then that sends a a stronger signal out, but also because you're doing all this work around it, it gets you moving. So you're not just manifesting. Like I try to say to my clients, it's not like the pizza man, the perfect partner's not gonna ring your doorbell and appear. You have to do the manifesting and the action and the work, you know? Get online, start dating, get on online services, do whatever you want to do while you're manifesting to actually do the work to make it happen. Yeah, a hundred percent. And like, that's always like, because I think when like that movie, The Secret came out and this whole like idea of a manifestation and law of attraction came into the like general Mm -hmm. public, it was just like, um, you know, I think when people just heard it, it was like, you think and you'll become you can think about what you want and stuff like that and it's like I thought it was too simplistic and uh you know what I didn't really feel like it was uh there but the truth is like you're right it it is a combination of like having that feeling and uh, putting it out in the world and then at the same time also doing it like putting some action there too because uh, I've also heard people say like people who talk about this a lot they'll say like yeah like 
you could sap the universe uh, help you out but at the same time it's also right. like it helps out the people who helped themselves as well like exactly you, you, you know gotta... when i was trying to come up with the title for my book I, I had a zillion titles i asked a zillion people nobody liked the same titles and everyone just said stop thinking about it you know put it away for a couple of months and it'll something will just come to you just mm -hmm. write them all down and one day, two o'clock in the morning, I woke up from a dead sleep and I sat up and I looked at my partner and I said, bigger, better, braver. And that was it. And it, everyone loved it. Everyone, my publisher, everyone loved it. And I knew right then and there that I, of course they were going to love it because I didn't come up with it. It was a download from the universe. Like it mm. was given to me in my sleep and it was the perfect name of my book. And there it was. And everyone loved it. That was an example of the universe having my back. Mm -hmm. And I guess, honestly, a lot of times it's like you get those, like your best ideas or your best uh, whatever, like they, it just feels like they were given to you. Like, uh, exactly. yeah. And um, no, I, 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 I love that. And I really, uh, I think that's powerful. Uh, all right, Nancy, I got one more question. It's, uh, it's the name of the podcast. I, I think I kind of got an idea of where what you're going to answer, but I have to ask it anyways. But uh, Nancy, uh, God, yay or nay? Well, so that's an interesting question because I don't actually think in terms of God. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think religious. I think spirituality. Mm. And, um, and I think that way because I feel like religion also causes a lot of wars and fights and all kinds of, I think religion can um, separate people and spirituality brings them together. Mm. So I am 100% yay spirituality and that's where I leave it. So- <laughs> I don't, so I don't know if I answered your question. No, but... no, that's, I, I think yeah. you did. And uh, honestly, I think we kind of got an idea of like uh, where you kind of stand when it comes to spirituality and how you use it in your life, which is kind yeah, of like it's a big part of my life. It's a hundred percent. And that's also one of the reasons I love like naming the podcast that because uh, anytime I ask that question to people, they kind of, they kind of like go into like what uh, they kind of believe and like yeah. where the, how they use it in their life. Where they is... fall in that line of, yeah. Yeah. No. Um, all right, Nancy, it's that. thank you so much. So uh, once again, let my audience know uh, about your book, uh, where they can get it, where they can get a hold of you and uh, yeah. Anything you want to share? Um, so um, nancypicardlifecoach.com is my website. I have a link for a free discovery call for anybody who wants to see if coaching is for them. I have a you, links to my book, but you can get my book on Amazon or Barnes and Nobles, or any online bookstore. Um, and um, in the show notes, I think I've given you a coupon for 20% off that course. I also have group coaching, bigger, better, braver coaching. And um a free chapter of my book so you can listen to it or read it. I think it's, I don't think it's the audible. I think it's the the written to see whether or not that's even something that your audience would be interested in. Oh, and my book is audible and regular. So if you like to hike or bike or drive and listen to a book, um, it's my voice. It was me being bigger, better, braver. And 
I invite you to listen to it. Ah, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, I'll toss all that in the show notes as well. Um, yeah, Nancy, this was great. Uh, thank you for sharing with my audience. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. That was another episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Please like and subscribe to the podcast. Give it a good rating. That always helps. And share it with like-minded people. I really do appreciate that. You can check me out at NewerKidY on Instagram or check out my website, NewerKidY.com. You can see my comedy. You can see my comedy dates that are coming up and all that other information. We're part of the comedy here often, Podcast Network on 604 Records. But I'll see you next time on another episode of God Yay or Nay.